I would like to welcome to the stage yo man, my man, Atlanta's finest, Jeezy. Come on out, King. What's what up, though? What up? What's happening? Oh, y'all gotta make some more noise than that, man. What we doing yeah. now? I'm telling you, we want that energy. Come I, on. I heard a what up, though, so I know Detroit is in the building for sure. I know A-Town gotta be in the building. Matter of fact, if you're from out of town, period, just make some noise right now. That's what I'm talking about. How you doing, brother? I'm, I'm blessed, King. You ready to get into it? C CEO talk. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's it. how I love to start our conversations. Okay. There's a lot of ways that the world might try to define Jeezy. I want you to define for the people who you are. You're at the top of this mountain. Who is Jeezy right now today? I mean, you know, in particular, professionally. I want all of it. I want how you, I, you identify know, yourself. And, and, and don't even humble brag. <laughs> like, let the people know who I mean, you listen, are. man, a great father, a great friend, a great brother. Um a disruptor, a visionary, somebody who refuses to be boxed in, somebody who went against all odds, and somebody who still doesn't, to this day, take no for answer. That sounds like a maybe to me, you know what I'm saying? And somebody who refuses to quit, right? And somebody who always wants to continue to give back and bring value to people, right? And then I write some dope records on the side. Yeah, that part. Love that, love that, love that. All right, so that's who Jeezy is today. Yeah. Now, King, I want you to take me all the way back to the oh, beginning. Shit. Okay. What was childhood life like for Jeezy? I mean, childhood life was, it was, it, it was, how can I describe it? You know, my mom was from, you know, the hood. My dad was a military guy, and um, I got to travel the world at a very young age. So I saw Hawaii, Japan at a very young age, and when my parents got divorced, I had to go back to the hood, right? And going back to the hood, um, it, was, it, was, it was a change of life for me because my palate was different, as you can imagine. You know, I was eating with chopsticks, you know, at four or five years old. And when I had to go back to the hood, the day I got to my grandmother's house, I told myself, I said, I gotta figure out a way to get back to what I know, which was like beaches, uh, you know, different cultures, different people, because the town we lived in at the town, the population was maybe 3,000, you know? That's, you know, you probably got 10 times more than that a revolt, you feel me? So that was my whole town. And the thing that threw me off the most was everybody that I was telling, all my peers, I was telling that there's beaches and there's all these things out there. They thought I was lying, and I, I couldn't understand it because I saw it. So that started my pursuit. And um, I just jumped off the porch, and I was like, man, I got to get back to what I know. And, and, and it was crazy because the only thing that I saw that can get me back to that was the streets. And that's the approach I took because the street guys were making the money. Uh, they were living the life, and that's what I wanted at the time. Call me ambitious, if you will. Yeah. Okay, so I love that. So I want to dive into two of those things, and then we're going to come back to where okay. you just left off, which is the streets. So when you, when you moved to Japan, right? How was that difficult as a black man? Absolutely. I mean, so let's a, talk I'm about a, that. What was it I'm like a country boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in a different country, and I'm away from my family. Um... 
And it was like I was like a fish out of water, right? Um, and then I immediately took my habits from where I came from with me. So back then, I was probably the best thief in my class. So I was stealing like I was stealing everything you can get your hands on in Japan, and you know, trying to hustle. So I'm stealing games, selling them to kids. I'm, you know, and and then immediately I, I connected with all the bad kids. So I pretty had pretty much had my own gang over there. And when I say that, I was living on a base, so it was American kids. So they was from D.C., Chicago, wherever. And I was the leader. And I was the leader when I was in the hood, but now I'm the leader in Japan. So, you know, I was still being a natural-born leader, if you will. You feel me? So when you move back from Japan, right. you're saying, like, okay, now I got to figure out what I'm going to do here. Right. And you say the streets is what called you. Right. How did you end up in that street life? I mean, the music. I, I love it. Anybody know Tupac Shakur in here? You know what I'm saying? Y'all make some noise. Uh, Tupac was my mentor before he knew he was my mentor, you know, along with the Ghetto Boys and all that. And I was listening to the music, and I just understood it because I was from that walk of life, right? And to me, the music was what, the music to me is what podcasts are today. You Say more about that. Say double yeah, clicking it. Because I would listen to the music and actually, instead of listening to it and just liking it, I was listening to it to learn, right? So I would get rules and, 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 and values. And, and, and this, mind you, nobody in my family at the time really discussed what values are and morals, right? Because everybody pretty much had a factory job or they was hustling or whatever they was doing. So we didn't have conversations about values, but listening to different artists was my way of knowing, okay, you don't snitch, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that, you, you take care of people this way, you do that. And these were the things that I learned because it was like my, um, my, my, uh, my, my textbook, if you will, for the streets. So I was learning all the information. So by the time I jumped off the porch, shit, I had a bachelor's. And it said, you know, a year into it, I got my doctors and I was moving, you know what I'm saying? So I understood it because I was a student of the game. And, I, and, and by the way, I enjoyed it because the streets taught me everything, everything but empathy. You know what I'm saying? It taught me everything. Like, it taught me that life is real, the things that really matter, and that you can be anything you want to be if you apply yourself. Because I've seen people that came from nothing. You know what I'm saying? Become multi-millionaires. You know, don't mean they lived a long life, but they achieved the goal. And to me, that was enough. As long as I could see that. And by the way, you know, nobody in my family, I had two cousins that went to college. Uh, they were girls. But to me, the, the college life boxed me in, right? And the entrepreneur life is what I wanted because now I can, I can go outside of my comfort zone and, and become something I've never been before because there's no outline for that, right? When you say you're an entrepreneur, is any entrepreneurs in the building today? When, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have to follow the guidelines, and that's the part that I love. You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost like, you know, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I threw watermelons when I was young and cut grass. That shit wasn't going to give me no millions of dollars. I knew that, right? But I looked at the structure of it, and, and instead of me just cutting lawns myself... Now I got little homies cutting lawns with me, so now I'm the boss and I'm making more money, but now I'm preparing myself to be a CEO one day, right? And this is what I'm working towards, right? But 
then I'm looking at it like, how do I scale this shit? Like, how can I scale my life? And the thing that I learned the most is I started getting outside of my comfort zone and having conversations with people that I normally wouldn't have conversations with. And that's when I started to pick up, you know, little pieces of information that was going to get me out of my situation. And I would advise anybody, anytime you stuck and you can't quite figure it out, just get outside your comfort zone. Just go go sit down with somebody in a million years nobody would have ever thought you wouldn't talk to. Just have a conversation. Just ask them some questions, you know what I'm saying, and get some answers. That's what it's about. Yeah, I love that. There's a couple of things that I want to pull out. A, you just dropped an incredible gem about breaking out of your comfort zone. Yes. But the other piece that you talked about, which is there's more than one path than just college, right? And what you did to solve for that, I always say like school is the only place where people will teach you, where someone wakes up every day and their job is to create a syllabus and to care about what you think about, what you learn. Outside of school, that doesn't exist. And so what I see in you is right. you created your own syllabus. You found your own people to talk about right. to talk to you right. read your own books right so you yeah. schooled yourself right yeah, I, went, I went to a school now but it was a school of no, hard. No, I'm, I'm talking about college no no i went to the school of hard knocks is what i'm oh, saying hard knocks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. i graduated it's over there by spellman but i was you know what i'm saying i was i was on the block with it but i was close by spellman i saw him and they saw me <laughs> but but on on a real note it's like what's what's really more important than all this shit man than everything the money, everything, it just never stop learning. Never stop learning. That's the yeah, most important thing that. ever. It's, 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 it's long, and, and I'm self-educated. I dropped out of school in the fifth grade, right? In the fifth grade. Um, got my GED when I was locked up. But I make it a point, a couple hours a day, to sit down and just educate myself on things that I want to do or I want to become involved in. And as I'm educating myself, I'm looking at who the players are, right? I'm looking at who the strategists are, and then I'm going to figure out a way to connect with them, right? And I don't care if I DM them, reach out through a friend, whatever. I just need to sit down with them for 30 minutes and ask them seven questions. I'll pay for the dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever you need. But I just need to know because everything you're looking for is in the information. And that's the problem with it. They don't want to give us the information. Amen, amen. That's all this shit is. Like, that's the most important thing. Most of you are already rich. You just don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? But it's the information because the thing about it is once you get any taste of success, you have to sustain that shit. Right. And you have to continue to grow and continue to build relationships. And how do you do that? By continuing to get the knowledge, because one thing about it, if you sit down with somebody that can give you information and you ask the right questions, they're going to take to you and they're going to pull into you. And the next person you sit down with, the next person and the next thing you know, there's nobody in this world you can't reach out and touch. You know what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, so before, I want to start figuring out how we get from street life into music. But before that, I heard you say, you'll sit down with someone and ask them seven questions. Yes. Do you ask the same seven questions no. every time? Okay. It's depending no. on who you're talking to. Who you're talking to. to. Copy. And, and, and I'm, but, but I'm doing the work, though. Like, I'm studying. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I studied for the streets. I had one, I, listen, I had one job. Don't get killed and don't go to jail. I think I did. Yeah, you did that. Right? <laughs> so that's what I studied for. And the thing about it is when people see you as an artist, and that's why I say a person that refused to be boxed in, I never wanted to do music. I knew that that was the liaison between me and what I was trying to get to. How'd you know that? Because music was my talent, but business has always been my passion. It's always been my passion, right? And I knew I wasn't going to be able to walk in from a, um, the block or right here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right here off the, you know, and then go straight into a boardroom. It wasn't going to happen. And the only way that I was going to do that was to continue to move up the ranks by obtaining knowledge and understanding what I was doing. So when I'm going in these rooms and all these sitting down having these seven questions, I done already studied these persons. Sometimes people can be your mentor without you even knowing them. You do know that, right? You do know that, right? I can't hear y'all. Y'all real low out there. People can be your mentor without you even knowing them. Jay-Z was my mentor when I was 15. So for the, by the first time I did a song with him, I was ready to get on his ass. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people didn't understand. Like me and Jay-Z had a real man relationship. We didn't talk about music. I watched his business moves because I'm trying to figure out how do you sustain this without losing who you are to the culture. And that's what I, I cared about. So those are the type of questions I asked Jay-Z when I got on a jet with him by myself or somewhere that we can just talk. I didn't want to ask him, how do you make platinum records? I think I can handle that. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So, and just like anybody that wants to see, be a CEO, if somebody steps to you and asks you the right questions, you're going to pour into them because you feel like, hey, like this, like you, you really serious about this. Mm -hmm. And we all say we want something, but are we serious about it? Are we really are we ready to sacrifice? And 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 for me, it's just like I was willing to sacrifice my freedom and my life in the beginning to get to where I'm at now. And I think a lot of people that see the change don't understand that that's always been the vision. Right. You're not going to box me in and put me away with 20 million records sold. And that's it. Shit, I got a whole nother half of my life to live. I'm going to be the coolest 60 year old motherfucker you ever seen. You feel me? <laughs> I love a, a couple of things that I want to pull out of out of out of that one. Um, there's this notion. So so many times you run into people and they're sitting on like 10 ideas or 20 ideas and they're trying to figure out how to get 20 ideas done at the exact same time. And one of my philosophies is the first thing you got to do is build the tree. Like build the tree with the roots. And once you have that tree with the roots, then you can give birth to all of the branches. When I hear Jeezy talk, yeah. I hear you saying like, yes, I built the roots. The, roots. the, the branches, the business thing was I'm, always the I'm vision. Like my but I said. understood I had to build but before, those roots. Before the roots though, you planted the seeds. Come on. Before the roots planted the seeds. You know what I'm saying? Because the, true, the tree will grow, but, but the fruits are on the limb. So I went out on the limb because that's where the fruit is at. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. Okay, so now let's get into, so you know that music is your pathway. It's your bridge yes. to become the man that you yep. want to be. It's my college. How you do you get into music? How do you break into music? The same way I broke into the streets. I use all the knowledge that I formulated. I watched the cash monies. I watched the no limits. I watched the Rockefellers. I watched the uh, uh, Rough Riders and everything. And I said, how 
do I go about this for myself, right? And I tried it 10 different ways, probably spent $10 million. But it didn't matter, though, because it wasn't about the money for me. It was about the freedom, right? Because you know what it's like to have money and you can't even get an apartment in your name because you, not, you don't got credit or you, don't, you, know, you, you, can't, you don't have a, a, a way to show that you're making uh, legitimate money. It's like being broke, bro. I'm going to tell you. Because you know how many cars people done took from me or houses people done put me out of that was mine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it happens. And my goal was, the first thing I wanted to do was to buy my mother a house because I grew up in a single wide trailer no bigger than this stage with my mother and my sister that I paid $3,500 for. You feel me? And I was like, I got to get my mom a house and I got to be able to get it in my name. And that's how I went about it. So I took everything that I learned um, and the thing that I understood most was marketing, how to build a brand. But I didn't understand that's what I was doing, but that was the goal. How do I build something that's sustainable that people believe in? Like, I believed in Tupac. I understood what he was trying to say, what he was trying to get us to feel. And I believed in that, so anything Pac ever done, I was going to support it, right? How do you get somebody to do that for Jeezy? is what I had to figure out. And that's when you heard a lot of my mixtapes in the beginning. Uh, anybody got Streets is watching a trapper die out there? Come on now, come on, y'all know. So, I pre- and there's a, a theater right across the street over here, it's called Lakewood Amphitheater. Anybody ever been there? My first mixtape, Streets is watching, I pressed up 100,000 units and went to Lakewood Amphitheater and pass it out to everyone that was there for the birthday bash. Because I knew that all the biggest artists in the world was on that stage, and everybody who loved music would be there. And that's how I went about it. Trap or Die came out, I pressed up 500,000 CDs, and I went from here to Miami, Florida, uh, to New York, the Rucker, uh, Chicago, DC, everywhere you could think of, just passing the CDs out. Now mind you, it was for free, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For free, but it wasn't no different from the streets. If I sit up on a block and I want people to come shop with me, I'm gonna pass out something for free, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come back and holler at me, I'll be at the same time, same, you know, whatever. And I took that and I don't think the world has ever seen anyone go about it that way because for one, I paid for the, I paid for the music, right? And you know, I was a street guy so, all the producers was taxing me. Lil John, he hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody hit me up because it was free money. But I had a plan, and I don't think they ever saw that. And with those two tapes, after several people told me, don't give the music away for free, changed my entire life. And all the only reason why I'm sitting on this stage today, and I'm not in prison or locked away, because I bet on myself, and I put every damn near went broke put everything I had in those tapes, but I just knew it. I just knew it. I knew this is where the tiles was gonna turn. And I remember the first show I got when I was passing out those tapes, I used to pass them out at this club on the east side called Prime, I don't know if you remember that. And um, I passed them out and they called me for a show. And I was, I was excited as hell because my, my number was on the back. So you know you think you hit it big, it's about to go down. 
I, and I'm acting like my manager and everything. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get Jeezy through there. What y'all need? You know what I'm saying? We need a few bottles and woo the woo the woo. We got to light it up for him. And he go, yeah, well, we got $200 for him. I was like, damn, $200? That's not. I couldn't even put gas in my Ferrari with that shit at the time, right? But it didn't matter because that's the first legitimate money I made off of music. And it went from $200 to $250 to $300 to a thousand to fifteen hundred to now I'm paying my bills with this shit and it's happening it's happening slowly but surely and at the time I was moving around and nobody knew who I was so I went out and put a DVD together which was Trap or Die the DVD I don't know if you heard of that and um how I knew I was on to something uh, is you know <laughs> how I knew I was on to something that was bigger than the money is when I used to go to my homeboys trap house, like a lot of my homeboys from this side of town, the west side, I used to Ben Hill and all that. So I used to go to their trap houses and they would be watching Trapper die. And I'm like, you just left me. How you watching this shit? It's like, yo, this is crazy. And that's when I knew when I, my partner in the back back there, West Side Blue, I went and played him Get Your Mind Right. And Trapper die in the car one day and he said, this it, cuz you out of here. And just as soon as he said it, it just started happening and happening. I started to know that this, it wasn't about the money because this was leading me in the right direction. This was freeing me up from all the other stress and all the anxiety I had from the streets because now I'm doing something that's becoming successful. So what I'm trying to tell you out there is it comes in small increments. You just got to be ready and you got to be on point because when it starts to shift, if you're not ready, you're going to miss that boat, right? And... There was nothing in me that was going to let me miss that boat because I knew that if I can pull this off, I had so much more to bring to my culture than just music because I wanted to show them, like, I'm going to go from this state and I'm going to go to that state and you're going to see me. So you're going to see me go from Lil J to Young Jeezy to Jeezy to Jay Jeezy Jiggis all in one look. You feel what I'm saying? And again, refuse to be boxed in and I could tell you about adversity from top to bottom. I can tell you about my marketing and branding where I sat there on my auntie couch and watched CNN ban my T-shirts. You feel what I'm saying? When they trying to shut me down, that's letting me know I got impact now. You know what I'm saying? I got influence. So imagine what I'm going to do with that. And this all came from my idea, a dream, and a grind. Imagine that shit. That's, that's entrepreneurship right there if I ever seen it. You feel what I'm saying? One time for my entrepreneurs in the building. So he's talking about the importance of betting on yourself. I think often so many times we have ideas, but we're not really willing to do the work to prove it out ourselves, to get that proof of concept. And this man is like, nah, yeah. I did the work. I made the bet. That's still one. do, though. And still doing still it. Still do. Everything I ever put my hands on, of course, I got a great team. I love them. Um, I'm A to Z. There's nothing that's ever going to happen that has anything to do with my likeness, any of my companies, any of my endeavors that I'm not going to be involved from A to Z because I care, right? And the thing that I learned more about this is success. Success is when it's about you. And I had to learn that. Can you say more? Can you double click into that? I got you. Success is when it's about you. So everybody want to be successful. Good luck with that. But significance is when it's about others. And for me, that's what this shit is about. 
It's about others. It's about these people that are living their dreams through my vision. It's about me pouring into them, adding value to them, because we're going to hit and get to our dreams and our goals together, right? But I had to learn a long time ago because if you keep chasing success, you're going you're gonna to chase it. You're going to chase it. You're going to chase it. You're never going to be fulfilled. Never. You know, I had some of the biggest times of my life, and I, I, I was probably at the lowest mentally, spiritually, everything. But when I started making it about other people, it was, it was like a sign from God, man. My, everything. I mean, you seen it. You remember I was about 260, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wearing a full X t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? Looking crazy. When I, started to, when I started to add value to people, man, it just changed my whole life. It changed my health. It changed my mindset. It changed my surrounding. It changed my friends. You know what I'm saying? It changed, it changed the way I, I woke up in the morning and looked at life. I mean, a lot of times I was waking up, I just wanted to go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. No purpose. You didn't, <laughs> like, yeah, but then you found purpose. Found purpose. Yeah. And, and, and it's been up ever since. You know, and, and, and it's why we're here talking because I don't want to come and ever like preach to you and teach to you because everybody got a story. I'm just here to tell you if you're already here, you're already on your way. You know what I'm saying? You are already on your way. You're here because you want to be here. You want to be better. You want to add value to yourself and others. So that's like you, you're ahead of the game already. You feel what I'm saying? Real talk. Okay, so we're going to talk about how successful you were as a rapper for a second. Like, okay. And what that felt like. But before we get there, you're betting on yourself. You're in, you're probably losing money because you're doing all the investment up front. Absolutely. Do you remember your lowest moment while you were trying to make music? Okay, come on, hit me. <laughs> what was that low moment? What did that I, feel I like? What it, was it? And what did it, that feel lost like? Lost it all, got it back again. <laughs> it's been some times, man. I wasn't even able to pay for a meal, and I ain't talking about Houston's or something fancy. I'm talking about McDonald's, bro. I'm been broke. I'm been. I'm been. I'm been bad off you know what i'm saying i don't been bro like you wouldn't believe i don't i don't been ramen noodles like a whole month air mattress you know what i'm saying like you know i wouldn't go as far as to say sleeping in the car but i was in the car you know what i'm saying but it, but it all made me stronger though because that's when i really realized money didn't make me because it didn't break my spirit i just ain't got it right now i'm gonna get it though because that's what i came from i know how to get it if I don't know how to do nothing else. So I just got to stay strong, keep my integrity, you know, keep my values and my morals, and, and it's going to all come back around. And the thing that I learned, though, every time I ever been down is when I came back up, oh, it was real. Oh, yeah, it was. But that's the test, though. That's the test. You had to get to the other side. No, not even that, because, you know, they say if you want to see who a man is, give him money or power, you know, and that was the test. Because the first time I had it, my heart, and my, uh, and my spirit wasn't in the right place. He humbled me. He made me understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, made, he made me understand, boy, this ain't about you. Yeah. And, 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 and I just, you know, I really did some soul searching and figured it out. And, and I promise you, man, when I start worrying about money and stop thinking about it and started, like, pouring into people and just keeping it solid and just being there and connecting people, it just, like, everything just started coming to me. To the point where I used to wake up sometime and couldn't believe it. Like, damn, what I do now? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and, and what they say about success is when you become successful, you know, you want to you wanna guard that success. You don't want anybody to get close to it because you're scared you're going to lose it. No, you got to open up. 
You got you got you got you you got to pull in the people. You got to find some young mentorees and bring these people in and say, "Hey, man, look what you got going on. Let me show you something." Because that's what's gonna give you your fulfillment. But that's what's gonna take you over. Um, uh, 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 one of the uh, the forefathers is um, the city was telling me about how he put this young kid through school and. The kid was always nagging him and everything, and, 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 and then the kid got out of school, he put the kid through college. Kid got out of college, graduated from college. He was about to do this Atlanta airport out here, right? And the kid went to a firm, right? And the same kid was the one that gave him the loan to do the Atlanta Hartsville airport. Now think about that. You gotta pull in the people, man. You got to pull in. That's back to those seeds. And you're also talking about this notion about how can he trust you with a lot if you haven't proven that you can yeah. handle a little. Yeah. Right. And so every time you get those blessings, you got to prove. You got to prove it. Yeah. And you got to and you got to stay. You got to you got to keep your spirit, man, because, you know, a lot of times a lot of bad things come with that. And that's the test to see if you're going to be able to keep it together. You know, just it's so many bad things that come with it. Right. So we all want it. You know, we, we all want it. But at the same time, it's what come with it that you got to be prepared for because it's a bigger test than not having it. You know, a lot of y'all are probably waking up and just got, you know, minor problems. But imagine that shit with everything you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. You know what I'm saying? You gonna have, new levels, new devils. Yeah, new level, new devil. Okay, let's take them up a little bit. You ready? How'd you know when you first made it? Like, on the music side, like... Was mm. it an album? Was it a moment? Was it like, when were you like, all right, I started from the mud, but I'm here now. Yeah. What was that? When was that? Well, two, two times, if I would say. The first time I was in Visions nightclub. I don't know if any of y'all been to Visions nightclub. Well, my, vi- my, vision, my vision people in here, you know what I'm saying? Over there. Yeah, okay, okay, we know what it is. And I had, this was like shortly after Trapper Die came out. Well, no, I say Streets is watching. Um, and I got to the club early and the line was around the corner. I'm like, okay, cool. And party went off without a hitch. Crazy. That same party, I did a Visions. And then the next party for Trap or Die, I did a Visions as well. And I remember the people that were there at the Streets Watching Party, right? But by the time I got to Trap or Die, which is about nine months later, those people were there. More people were there. Jay Z and Beyonce was there. This, that, and the other was there. Like it was like it was like oh, but 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 mind you, this is a mixtape. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm I'm seeing it happen. I'm like, damn, okay, this is what it feels like. And I would say I was coming through the toll one day, and uh, I was riding one of my cars, and this car pulled up beside me, coming through the toll, and it was these girls in there. And they put the Trap or Die mixtape on the window. It's like, we love you, Jesus. I think I called West Side Blue like, we made it. <laughs> it's up. <laughs> and uh, that, because the, the thing that started to let me know that I made it was the love that I was receiving. Because it wasn't like, Nobody ever just said, like, it was one song. They're just like, man, we love you, bro. Like, keep going for the streets. Keep repping for us. And I, I took that in, 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 I took that to heart, you know what I'm saying? Because I do want to say one thing while I'm here. I never, ever in my life, in my career, considered myself an artist. 
I always felt like I was in a position of leadership. So even if it's the un, you know, unpopular vote, I'm going to do what's right in my heart because that's what I know, right? And that's the way I was raised. And I think when you get caught up in the artistry part of it, you have to live out this, you know, this, this persona of who you should be. But a leader always makes the right decision for the people. He don't make it for himself, right? And for me, I know it's been situations I've been in in my career where people are like, why the hell would he do that? But I'm making decisions based on what my moral compass is, what my values are, right? And how I see I can impact the world, not just a song or a situation, right? And I think that's the difference with me because the art of it, I love. I, I can, you know, I, I can make it. But it's like, who are you? It's almost like somebody being the dopest basketball player in the world. But who is he off the court? Who is he to his family? Who is he to his friends? Who is he to his, to his people? Like, who is he? You know, he got a talent, but that don't make you a... We've seen that with presidents, right? <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like, they're good at what they do, but they, you know... You know? Right. <laughs> you feel me? And I think that's the difference for me because I take this for real. Like, I tell people all the time, like, a lot of people are where they are because they're talented. I respect that. I am where I am because I believe. You feel what I'm saying? I understand what my position and my role in this is, and that's how I go about it, right? With my position and my role, not who I should be because how you see me. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move because you said I'm more than an artist. And one of the biggest moves you've made most recently is the launch of this book. Yes. And so I want Anybody got the book out there? If you don't. Okay. Everybody going to go buy the book after this. Who going to go buy the book after this? All right, let's I got sure one better go. for you. I'm going to give all y'all a book after this. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of me and my guy. 100%. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it is. Shout out to Revolt. <laughs> uh, so, 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 real quick. So, this is what happened. I was in a place where I was searching for a lot of answers. I was at this crossroad, and I, and I talked to one of my guys, and he said, "I said, man, how do I go from being what I am to where I want to be?" And he said, "Don't go from something; go to something, right?" And that changed my whole perspective. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't have to lose who I am because I want to do something else, right? And if you get a chance to read this book called Strength on Strength, it's, it's, it's for real. Um, but that just, it just let me know right then and there that I, I got to give myself permission to make this change. And as I was doing that, one of my good friends gave me this book, Think and Grow Rich. And he said, you should read this. You know what I'm saying? And um, I started reading it. And, it, and it threw me back because I'm like, everything that I was looking for <laughs> was in the book, right? It was like, you know what I'm saying? Everything that I was trying to figure out was in the book, and I'm just, I'm just reading it over and over again. Every, every time I get some free time, I'm sitting there and I'm reading this book. And, of course, I was hiding it from the homies because I didn't want nobody to see me, like, you know, sitting around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... Um, I started to just move different based off what I knew, what I got from the book, and what I started to understand. But I also saw my life start to open up, right? I saw things happen for me that never happened. Like, I, I, I started to get in touch with how I really feel about things and, and you know, just, just life outside of just having, right? And like my uncle used to say, if a man got problems 
you know, he got problems. If you put him in the Rolls Royce, he's going to be the same man with problems in the Rolls Royce. So I was that guy. I got to figure this out now, right? And this book just led me down so many different paths and it opened my mind up to not be afraid to open up to my culture and to my people because it's like I know all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think I should be telling someone, right? Because, you know, they say the richest place in the world is a cemetery. You know, you die and take all this shit with you. It don't matter, you know? And I just read that book over and over and over again. And I just sat there one day and I was just like, man, I've tried to give back in the music for so long. But I think that story has been told in so many ways because it, it, the art form of it, you can't get into the details of what really happened, how you really felt, how'd you really deal with this because you only got three minutes, right? And I'm like, what if I wrote a book? Because this is how I'm learning, like let me write a book. And not just write a book because I wanna write one, but maybe I can get some cats in the hood to read too because shit, I'm reading, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, reading is a cool shit. I don't care what you got going on. What you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it happens everywhere I go. I go to the bank. You see them back there reading the book. I'm like, oh, what you reading? That's a whole conversation. But long story short, that book changed my life. And I just wanted to change lives. I wanted to connect with people. And I said the, the best way to do this is to tell my story to the best of my ability, you know, because I went through the statute of limitations, so I had to take a lot of shit out of there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My lawyer was like, I don't know about this one, bro. <laughs> not, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> so I had to take a lot of things out. But hopefully you guys will get the picture. Because I wanted people to see that when you saw me at my best, I was at my worst. I was at my worst. I mean, like, when you saw me... Multi platinum trapper die thug motivation one on one. I was at my worst, man. I, I was I was so bad off. I don't even think I was a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just I was just in it and I was just going and it was about everything but the right thing. And as a as a man. You know, because you can't go tell your homeboys you're depressed. You sound crazy. You're getting all this money. You're driving these cars. You're doing tours. Like, what you mad about? But it was so much work I had to do on myself, right? Because now I'm in it. And when I started to understand that, I really wanted to put that back in the book because I feel like most of us, you know, I can't speak for everybody, are going through real shit. We don't know why, we don't understand, we just wanna do good for our family, do good for our people, and we just feel like we on the bottom, right? And my message in this book is, you know, I didn't lose, I learned. You know what I'm saying? Every, every time I got put in a position where I had some resistance, I had to figure it out. But as I'm starting to figure it out, you know, and they say when you when you're at your 20s, you know, you got all this energy, you quick on your feet, and you know all this. And But when you when you get to where I'm at and you sitting where I'm sitting, it's like, you know, you got the information, but, it, it, but where I'm at now, I know what to do with the information, with the knowledge, and that's the difference. So I had to go through those things to understand how to deal with it. So me putting that back in the book is basically saying that you like, look, man, I understand you going through something, and it could be worse than my situation, right? 
It could be. But at least looking at my situation, you know that all you got to do is keep standing tall, staying solid, staying focused, staying about your business and continue to elevate, grow and learn. And you'll break the glass ceiling on all that shit. All of it. All right, so you Grammy Award winning artist. You're a best-selling author. Yeah, 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 But you yeah. also, the businessman that you talked about. Can you yes. talk about some of your businesses right yes. now? Yeah. I mean, I got everything from spirits, uh, all my ventures. I'm going to tell the ones you know. I, can't, I definitely can't tell you the ones you don't know. Um, <laughs> um, but my biggest pride possession is my real estate company, JWJ Realty. Because, yeah, and when I say I own half Atlanta, I mean that shit. Yo, give that up. Don't play with me. I'm not one of them. (laughs) I'm not one of them. And I always promised myself coming up, man, when I grew up in that trailer, man, and I saw my mom struggle, I was just like, I'll never go through that again in life. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to own some dirt. And I've been on a real estate mission about the last 15 years. And, you know, if if I never touched another stage today, if I never did another song, if I never went on another tour, if I never wrote another book, I would be able to live my life, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to my standards because I set myself up that way. And I'm saying that in the braggish doses way. I mean, it like I took a lot of sacrifices when people were out spending money, buying clothes, living the life. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to wear these Levi's. The, you know, when you saw me on all those dicky suits and y'all thought that shit was funny. <laughs> you pay fifteen hundred. I pay fifteen and ninety nine. Got diamonds and Rolexes and shot at the same time. <laughs> so I was balling on the budget. So every time you saw me in the black tee, just know I was saving money. <laughs> and I was saving all my money, right? And I was just putting it in the property. And what what was the most attractive part about it? Because my my shout out to my real estate partner Tony. Um, we bought my first few buildings and I went on tour and I came back. He's like, I want to show you what your buildings were. I said, I know what they were. We bought them. He's like, nah, but I want to show you now. I was like, but we ain't did nothing. He's like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. So he showed me my buildings had went up three times more than what I paid for them. And I'm like, how the hell that? He said, that's what I'm trying to tell you about real estate. I said, this shit better than bricks. I said, we gonna, I said, we gonna, every time we get a check, we gonna buy some buildings. I promise you. I just bought uh, my birthdays on the 28th of September. I already got my birthday gift. That was my birthday gift, another uh, duplex. And I'm not saying that in a bragging way, but every year I'm going to buy myself a duplex, single family units, whatever I got to buy, because I'd rather have that any day because I don't want to be that man in the Rolls Royce with problems. You feel what I'm saying? I don't need that. And to me, when, 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 when I know my kids are going to be set up, I know that my family ain't got to worry about nothing no more because it's already set in stone. It's already doing what it's doing. It's printing money. I would tell anybody, like, whatever you do, focus on what you do best, strengthen your weaknesses, but always set yourself up with a contingency plan. Always set something up that when you, when you, because the, the goal to all this stuff and what matters more than anything in the world is to have the time to spend with your kids and the people you really love and the people you really rock with. And the only way you're going to do it that is set your life up in a way that it feels like your life every day is a vacation. Because at the end of the day, we can all work hard for money, but it don't mean shit until your money is working hard for you. And I tell That's anybody right now, and I ask any of you in here, you entrepreneurs, 
who is your number one client? Who is your number one client? Who is your number one employee? Who is your number one employee? You're all wrong. It's your money. Just believe I said that shit. It better be working for you. <laughs> it better be working for you. All right. So last question, because time is getting ready to run out. Is there any final words that you want to leave for the good people in this room? Anything we Man. didn't hit on? Anything we didn't touch? Any gem you want to drop wow. before we get ready to get out of here? I mean, you know, I just tell them keep being great. Keep being great. I, I wouldn't... I can't express more how important it is just to keep learning, though. That, to me, is the biggest. It's, it's, it's by far the biggest thing ever because once you get on the other side of success, that knowledge you have is gonna, is gonna, what's going to keep you successful, Right? Because when you see people that are out here doing all these big things and they become mentors, who you think that they're mentoring? The next set of leaders. Because they have the knowledge. And that keeps them in the loop. And that keeps them going. That's why they don't worry about anything. Because at the end of the day, if I'm putting, you know, look at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to put more CEOs on. More companies. You're going to give them games. So what does that mean when you when you in your 60s? You, you, you know what, what Hove say? We can't, we can't never fall. Everybody's each other's crutches. Because you're pouring into people, and that's what I want to leave you with, man. Continue being great. Always pour into people, and I don't give a damn what you're going through. I don't give a damn what they talking about. Do not let these folks talk you out of your dreams and your vision, because they damn sure going to try. Jeezy King, I, um, My God. I'm so appreciative of this conversation. I'm appreciative of your... A, just you're pouring out, but your message is about For sure. the importance of living a life that is on purpose. Yes, the sir. importance of living a life that is more than just about you, but it's about somebody else and other people. A life that is about significance. I appreciate you talking about this idea that like you can have ideas, but the first person who got to bet and believe on them is yourself. How can you expect anybody else to bet on you right. if you're not even Betting betting on yourself? On yourself? And over and over and over again, you have reminded us that there is no excuse for not learning. Who cares what is in our schools? Who right. cares what they're trying to teach us? Right. Who cares about any of that? We have the opportunity to school ourselves. Right. And so learn and grow. I love learn all of grow. that, brother. You learn to grow. And I, I like to add on to that, too. Because <laughs> if you like me, I'm, I'm competitive, right? So if you're trying to beat your competition... Take care of yourself, man. Take care of your mental. Take care of your health. Take care of your star player. Take care of you. Because if you won't beat these, all you got to do is live longer than them. I'm telling you what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, can you please do me a favor and stand to your feet and give a round of applause for my man, Jeezy. Jeezy.